Hey guys, Ted here with a quick note. In today's episode, we talk a lot about healthy food and dieting. However, we want to acknowledge that not everybody has access to nutritious and healthy foods that so many of us take for granted. Food deserts are a reality, and spreading awareness can help solve the problem. listening to The Only Constant, where we explore how minor change brings lasting hope. On this episode of the podcast, we spoke with Marissa Arnone. Marissa majored in dietetics and minored in food science, receiving her degree from the University of Florida. She's also a certified personal trainer with a huge following across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We'll include links in the episode notes if you want to check her out. Marissa is a deeply positive person, and she's made it her personal goal to serve people through health. Marissa explained many health and fitness topics during our conversation, ranging from healthy dieting, consistency, and body positivity. Something to take away from today's episode is that Marissa's passion for helping people goes beyond fitness. She does her best every day to help people in any way she can. Fitness is just one avenue for positivity. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening. Good evening, my friend. Hey, <laughs> how are you? Doing pretty good. Thanks for coming. It's kind of a long drive. You drove like four and a half hours today? Yeah, just about. Mm. Well, thank you for coming. It means a lot. Of course. What is your name? My name is Marissa. And your preferred pronouns? She, her. Okay, and hers. Sweet. Is that what you say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've never been asked my pronouns before, so <laughs> this is new to me. Well, that's what they are. <laughs> All right, cool. And uh, what do you like to do? Everything. Okay. I uh, sing, but not in front of people. I dance, primarily hip hop. I like to lift weights. I just got into NFTs and crypto. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've been just doing everything. A lot in the creative space. I very much enjoy all of the arts and everything. So, so your what's your like job? That was really hard to define because I do so many different things. But all in all, I would say I'm a content creator and certified personal trainer. And you mix those two worlds together. Yes, and soon to be nutrition because I am currently in school to be a registered dietitian. Or I'm in school to be That's one. That's awesome. I'll be one hopefully this summer. Ooh. So um, I said this before, but I wrote some questions down that I wanted. Not a lot, but I just had a few things that I thought you might be able to answer. And uh, I guess I'll just – I kind of just want to jump into it because you said you're studying. Go for it. You're not – Certified dietitian yet, but you're studying it. Correct. So as far as my nutrition knowledge goes at this point, I have, I graduated from UF from, well, University of Florida, for those of you who don't know what UF stands for, which is <laughs> unlikely. Uh, I graduated in May with a major in dietetics and a minor in food science. So... Ooh. Three years total. I didn't do the full four because I got my associate's degree from St. Petersburg College Community College before going to UF, so I didn't need to do the 
full four years. I still did three, could have done two, but I'm really glad I stayed the extra year because I did get to learn a ton more. And on top of that now, I am what? August, September, October, November. Five months into my dietetic intern, so I'm learning more hands-on, like actually in the field. Ooh. So that in and of itself, on top of all the extra study guides, assignments, projects that I've had to do so far, I could say I'm pretty qualified, but I'm okay. not gonna speak on anything that I'm unsure of. And if I am unsure of something, I will definitely be sure to say so. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, appreciate that. <laughs> then I guess, I guess the main question I had was, well, now I have a lot of different questions. It's okay. That's why we're here. <laughs> um, I'm always interested to hear this before I go into, well, you know what? What's, in your opinion, like, I feel like when people look up diets, I mean, there's a lot of different types of diets that you can try. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think is, is there a diet that, that might be applicable to most people is there one diet that's the most efficient? I guess that's what I'm trying to ask. Like, do you believe that's the case or is it very much like, you know, someone who does well on a paleo diet or, you know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? So that's yeah, go ahead. That's a good question. <laughs> so basically, basically what you're asking is what diet is the best diet? Yeah, basically. I just, I don't know. Yeah. My answer is going to be no diet. Ah. Dieting. 95% of diets fail. Wow. And why is that? They're restrictive most of the time, and people want inherently what they can't have. Right. So if you're going to say, I can't have carbs, that's the most common. We hear people on keto all the time. Um, you telling yourself, I can't have carbs, for most people, is going to make them want them 10 times more, and then they're going to they're cave eventually and then end up overdoing it. So a period of restriction usually leads to a binge. And I get asked that question a lot because I've had personal training clients come to me before and say I've had problems with binging in the past. And I just ask them like, what was your mindset when you were on this diet? What were you restricting? What were you telling yourself to say like, you can't have these things and then ultimately they say, well, I just say I can't have it. And then guess what happens? You end up eating it. <laughs> they so crave it. granted, diets, it's a very vague term because like, of course, if you are diabetic, you're going to need a specific diet. If you have chronic kidney disease, like all of these different chronic illnesses, yes, you are going to have certain restrictions. For me, I just found out I have a soy sensitivity, so I am staying away from soy. It's not because I'm doing it for weight loss or like general health reasons. It's just because it messes up my stomach. Right. So it is going to depend person to person. Nutrition is extremely individualized. So mm. this kind of, I want you to ask a question, but I just had it's this okay. sort of plan. Uh, I love you, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, man. Um, so I... Just started after Thanksgiving. I was like, I'm gonna. I went pescatarian for about three months, okay, and I enjoyed it. Um, and I kind of because of the nature of pescatarian, a pescatarian diet, there was a lot of vegetarian things that I had to eat too, like mm -hmm. that I had to incorporate more. Um, but after Thanksgiving, I kind of fell off the train 
for like a month or two. And then after Thanksgiving, I was like, man, I really want to go back on that. Some of it has to do with, I'm not a big, I mean, I don't think any, I don't think eating meat is immoral, but I think that the industry is, the industry just kind of sucks. So personally, I was like, okay, if I can try to not contribute to it personally, it'll just make me maybe feel better. So anyway, what is, is a vegetarian diet? Let me, let me ask it this way. In the last two days, I'm going to be honest, I have felt kind of fatigued. Okay. And I've looked up some, like, re- I did some internet research, and that's kind of a common thing when you start a vegetarian or a vegan diet because, you know, there's certain supplements like iron, vitamin B12. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I got an acai bowl today, and that actually helped a lot. I think that had a lot of good stuff in it for me. I but, but um But, yeah, I'm just curious to get your thought on that, you know, like, there's a really big debate. Is a plant-based diet actually going to be, and obviously I know you said it's very individual, but is a plant-based diet really going to help you more than eating, you know what I mean? Like if you eat mm-hmm. a lot of meat, like is there is there? In what aspect though? Because most, a lot of people go on diets or do certain restrictions like a vegetarian or a vegan diet because they want to lose weight. But I totally get the environmental aspect, the ethical aspect. Those are definitely a big part of it for a lot of people. And in that sense, do what you want to do. Just learn how to do it properly. You need to do your research if you're going to be doing that, especially if you're leaning more vegan. Because if you're a vegetarian, there are still... You got eggs, you got cheese. Those all have beef. B12. Like all all of the, you can pretty much get everything you need yeah. on a vegetarian diet, but you have to be a little bit more diligent with a vegan diet because you are taking out so much. Uh, we can't forget like how difficult it could be for someone who is just stepping into a plant-based diet to get an adequate amount of protein even. And see, that's the part that I think maybe I... I think I'm doing a pretty good job with because I do eat a lot of nuts. Just in general, I was mm-hmm. eating nuts before that and beans, you know, Yeah. Um, cheese has some protein. Right. But I know what you – I mean, you're not going to – you have to eat a lot of that to really – because, you know, meat right. has like, what, 50 – not 50 grams, but a lot of like, I don't know, 20 grams in a chicken breast or something. Yeah, Ooh, chicken breast, like number? 30 grams or something? So like the palm, let's Thick. look at like, the yeah, the palm of your hand for any lean protein. So chicken, beef, or fish is about 20 grams of protein. Mm, and you gotcha. need like what? What's the recommended amount? Um, daily, it's going to differ person to person, but I usually recommend between 20 to 40 grams of protein spaced out four to six times a day. Okay. So in your meals, but also in your snacks. Right. That's mm. also important because... Like, people always think, oh, my gosh, I can't snack. Like, if I'm on a diet or if I'm trying to lose weight, I shouldn't snack. Well, people are just looking at it the wrong way, especially because most snack foods are very carb-heavy, so they don't fill you up very well. So, like, you could be sitting watching YouTube eating through a bag of chips, and then your hand hits the bottom of the bag, and you are like, oh, crap, where did the time (laughs) go? Like, I just ate this entire bag, probably, like, way more serving sizes than the recommended amount on the label Mm -hmm. and in doing so 
you're still going to be just as hungry as you were when you started eating the chips. So mm. then that's going to add, I guess, more calories to the end of your day than if you were to be more intentional with your snacking, have something more balanced, and then that snack will do what it's intended to do, which is mm. fill you up and hold you over until your next meal. Mm-hmm. And then in that case, have at it. Like snacks are great. We're, we're supposed to eat multiple times a day. I mean, depending on who you ask, but I definitely recommend four to six times a day just depending on your goals, your schedule too, if you can, then yeah. that would be my recommendation. Okay. Hmm. Anything you want to say? Well, I mean, we've been talking about how like diet's very individualized and you can't necessarily pick one thing that fits all, but I know that at least through my quote unquote experience, right? Mm-hmm. I know that one of like at least the key to like uh, one of the keys to like fitness or at least trying to achieve your fitness goals is consistency. Absolutely. Um, and I didn't know if you could speak to any weight loss systems that you have found to work when you apply consistency to them, unless they really all work. But if you think that like, you know, like compared to like, it's like you're really into weightlifting. So like I'm, I got really into calisthenics when I got to college, for example. And then like, of course I balanced the two out, but before I used to like only weightlift, you know? So I didn't know if you could speak to anything like that. Would you recommend anything specifically to everybody? Cause like personally I'd be like, oh yeah, I would recommend everybody try to do a push up or, you know, something like that. Right. But what do you, what would you say? But specifically for weight loss you're talking about? Yeah, so like if you were trying to like lose similar weight. to how okay. Ted was talking about if you were trying to lose weight on a diet, mm-hmm. you know, so if you were trying to lose weight through exercise only and you didn't diet. Okay. So ultimately, exercise included or not, it's going to come down to whether or not you're in a positive or negative energy balance, which basically is a calorie deficit or a surplus. If you're eating more calories every day consistently than what your body needs to maintain life in general, then you're gonna gain weight over time. The same thing applies to weight loss. So if you are eating consistently 100 to 200 calories below your maintenance, quote unquote, which is basically just exactly how I said, the energy required to maintain your current body weight, your current energy levels and all of that. Mm. If you're eating below that slightly, then you can see consistent weight loss over time. People, when it comes to weight loss, think that the faster the weight loss is, the better, when that's actually completely opposite. Healthy weight loss is around a half a pound to max two pounds a week. Yeah. So you, you really wanna be slow and steady with your weight loss. So being in a calorie deficit is gonna be important. I don't consider that a diet. I think people can be in a natural calorie deficit. I was actually in a natural calorie deficit my entire life. I counted my calories one time uh, when I noticed I hit a plateau and I wasn't gaining any more weight because if any if anybody knows me, like I was super, super skinny throughout high school and I wanted to gain weight. Like that was a huge goal of mine, but I was not eating enough calories to maintain like that weight gain that I had seen in the beginning anymore. I was actually eating less than what my body needed necessarily to maintain my weight. So that's why I was at like a standstill. Mm. So it's definitely possible to eat naturally less than what your body needs to maintain its current weight. You just have to make sure that you're eating the right foods to do that. 
um, which is high volume. This is a concept that I talk about a lot with my clients. A high volume meal is, I like to call it nutrient density. So it has less calories and more nutritional value versus something like you'd probably pick up at a McDonald's, any fast food place, which is gonna be more energy dense. So more calories, maybe nutritional value too. Like if we look at fatty foods, fat has more calories per gram or yeah, more calories per gram than proteins or carbs. So they're energy dense, but they're also nutrient dense. But when we look at foods that you get, just convenience foods, takeout, those types of things, they tend to be more energy dense, higher uh, calories, lower nutritional value. And Mm. so they don't do a really good job of keeping you full, uh, especially if it lacks protein. Protein is the best macronutrient for satiety. So it keeps you full long term. Mm. And that's why you want to have more protein throughout the day. It's going to keep you satisfied. You're not going to feel like you're on a super restrictive diet, constantly having to tell yourself no all the time. And you'll be able to lose weight that way because you're naturally eating fewer calories. Okay. You see? So it's not really a diet in my books. That's just a typical like healthy lifestyle. And if you throw exercise into the mix, of course, exercise burns calories too. So you need to keep that in mind. It could either enhance your weight loss or it could impede it in a sense. If you are already restricting your calories too much, then your body's not even going to have the necessary energy day to day to get through that workout. Mm, So it could actually end up hurting you in the long term. So you want to make sure that you are eating enough for your day-to-day but then if you're adding exercise into the mix think about increasing your calories too Mm. it's gonna be important right i think people forget about that it's like you know like yes you don't want to overeat if you're exercising but you need energy and Mm -hmm. i think what you said i'm glad you said what you said because i've said it before to myself and other people which is like you know essentially i think what you said was it's not necessarily about you know, how much of something, it's more about what you're putting into your body than how much of it kind of, It depends, of. yeah, it depends. Um, because if you're eating really nutritious, like high quality foods and you're trying to lose weight, but you're still eating more calories than your body needs, then yeah, you're still gonna gain weight, but mm. it's much less likely that's, that's gonna happen because it fills you up so easily. Right, I, I guess what I meant yeah. was like, you know. So portion sizes are very important. Portion sizes are important. Right. Eating, like this is the key. Eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're like full. satisfied or full, not stuffed. Yeah. And I feel like mm, people get in I the loop that. of like eating until they're stuffed consistently. And at that point, you're actually ignoring your own body's signals that are telling you, hey, I'm done with my meal, which mm. is going to lead to weight gain over time if you do it consistently. Mm. I'm, I'm part of the clean plate club. Yeah, yeah. I get a, I get a big plate of food and I'm like I'm gonna eat all this. And you don't have to. I know. I'm getting better about it. But um, so okay, so let's say I'm someone who let's say I'm like I don't even know how they gauge this, but let's say I'm 50 pounds overweight, and let's say now I've I've started my calorie deficit, quote unquote. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I've started eating just like let's say 200 calories less than my body yeah. needs to maintain homeostasis at its current state, right? Yeah. Um, so let's say I've never worked out before. 
what what would you recommend in this scenario? Would you recommend that someone go to a gym, maybe get a gym membership, or would you recommend someone do stuff with their body weight first, or like maybe try running? What do you think? It totally depends on the person and what their schedule is, what they really want to see happen, and how fast. Because the any movement. Because you As are well, a personal trainer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, nutrition is my number one passion, but I wanted to make sure I was able to help people as soon as possible because that's like my main goal in life is to serve people. So I knew that I couldn't do that. Health warrior. I yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that if I didn't have some sort of certification. And yes, I'm not going around like prescribing meal plans or practicing medical nutrition therapy, which only dietitians can do in certain states, some states. That's a whole other topic of conversation. It gets me very angry uh, that people can actually practice medical nutrition therapy in certain states without being a dietitian. Um, Dang. But, but anyway. aside from that, <laughs> when it comes to exercise, just I just tell people to move in ways that make them happy because Aww. there's such – it will definitely – increase the likelihood that they're going to stick with it long term and then that comes back to consistency if someone hates weightlifting and doesn't think they'll ever like it and tries it and still doesn't like it okay fine i'm not going to push you to lift weights mm -hmm. same thing with me and cardio like i don't like running necessarily i that's not my first choice i'm not going to go to the gym and get on a cardio machine like an elliptical or a treadmill that's just not going to happen ever <laughs> What I do for cardio is dance because mm. that's the way I find the most joy in movement and still like getting my heart rate up, like improving my cardiovascular fitness, my stamina and all of that. But I'm, it's an art. Like it's so much more fun than just being stagnant, like running on a treadmill for uh, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. Mm. Or like hiking. Yeah. Could be. I love hiking so I, much. Because I think, you know, that's a super, I, I actually did run for a while, like, Back in 2019, I got really into it, and it did change my body a lot, I noticed. Like, mm -hmm. doing it consistently, I had more energy. I felt I felt lighter. I looked a little leaner for the first time ever, at least in my eyes. And then um, I just – but, like, yeah, it's hard, man. Like, you, like, like, as soon as you – even if you miss, like, a day or two of doing it, Getting you feel back on back. the getting back on the train is so hard. Yeah. So walking is like, like is walking can walking be just as effective? I mean, it depends on the walking and like, are you going uphill and yeah, all of that. But it's better but than it's good than nothing. Not doing anything. And yeah. <laughs> you're still gonna burn calories in a sense. Like, I know people are really big on getting their ten thousand steps a day. I don't really know where that came from. What recommendation that was based off of, yeah. but. I mean, go for it if, if that's a goal you have. Yeah. Walking is great. It's low impact. Yeah. Anyone pretty much, okay, not everyone, <clears throat> but a lot of people who are especially trying to just improve their overall health can do it. It's not going to require any like special skill or equipment. That's why I really think do what you want. Yeah. See, that's, that's a good... Yeah. That's a good approach. Do you have anything you want to say? Because I did have one more thing that was related to what we're talking about, actually. No, and then I, I actually have two different questions that lead into one another. So go ahead. Okay. Okay, so I like what you're saying a lot. And I've, I've looked at your Instagram a few times, too, just to kind of see, like, what you were doing. And I think all of your videos are, like, 
they're very positive, and even what you're saying right now is positive. And I, I you know, I think that there's sometimes a, I'll say specifically with men too, male fitness videos can some sometimes they are. There's a lot of people who are really like positive and like give you healthy habits, but I do think that there are channels that are like we're gonna get you freaking ripped and this is how you do it (laughs) i like what you're saying like do you feel like that the fitness world is shifting in a good way recently like it's become a lot less about i feel like 15 years ago you know in the 90s early 2000s man that 15 years ago was 2006 yeah it's stupid but early (laughs) early 2000s in the 90s like you know it was very much like Diet you gotta centered. look good. We're yeah. doing it so that you look good. Yeah. And now it's like now you're doing it so you're healthy. Do yep. what you want. I've noticed a de- like a positive trend in the right direction recently. I still think we have a lot of work to do as far as like the dieting world goes. I mean, the weight loss industry is like multi million, multi billion yeah. dollars. Mm-hmm. So they're making money off of really people's insecurities at the end of the day, like all these detox teas, fat burner pills, like yeah. all, all, and all of the verbiage they use, like get slim fast. Thi- yeah, like yeah. all these words that really like don't mean crap in the end. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that like with those like really buff dudes that are like yelling at you through the screen. Some people are motivated by that. So I just, I'm not trying to be. And I don't have anything against them. I'm just saying it's like, it's a, it's definitely has a certain emotional appeal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I know I'm not going to be everybody's favorite, um, especially in the fitness field. Like people gravitate towards different things and different ways of motivation. Like I'm not going to, train a client and yell at them and call them names for not doing the set or train someone until they throw up, even though I know Mm. that happens. I'm not going to be, I'm very like, that's just my nature is just being positive and happy. And And I like that. Yeah. So I'm even as I portray myself on social media, I'm just going to focus with what I'm good at and what my natural characteristics are and hope that people resonate with it and the people that do awesome and that that's where i'm at pretty much and people this is why like i push a lot of personal trainers to start social medias and just build an online business because you there will never be a shortage of people that need that type of service mm-hmm. ever no matter how like technologically advanced we get in the future when certain jobs are going to like go under because things change all the time that's service jobs yeah never will go away and there will always be a need and somebody will want you to train them it doesn't matter like Mm. what your method is as long as you're not a total jerk (laughs) like like a genuinely bad person people are gonna resonate with you you will find people that want to work with you specifically like i know so many People, a couple people in particular that are on TikTok that primarily built their following there first, that are also personal trainers, also have an online business, also do all of that. And I don't feel like I'm in direct competition with them because they have their people that resonate with them and I have people that resonate with me and we both get clients and we both make a sustainable living from it. So mm. it's not like this, for me <clears throat> at least, it doesn't feel like competition 
ish with other creators or anything like that. Some people might see it that way, but I definitely don't. Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like a natural segue into one of the questions I was going to ask, which was I brought this up before on the podcast. Um, I don't know if the episodes come out yet, but I don't know exactly what the statistic is. I said seventy percent last time, but I know for sure it's at least fifty. So I'm going to say between fifty and seventy percent of America is at least overweight or obese, mm-hmm. and. Um, First, I'd like to get your take on that because I know as a personal trainer, that's lucrative for you. I mean, it is your business and it's only going to help it. But at the same time, you're passionate about helping people. So the end goal is to, you know, decrease that percentage, right? Um, And, but my whole thing is, and I, you know, I'm trying to tread this ground carefully, but it seems like it's kind of ignored, at least in the groups that I'm around, it's kind of ignored that obesity is the leading cause of heart disease and diabetes and stuff like that in America. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not and it's not treated as like a food addiction, or it's not treated as some sort of disease, even though it's really really harming the body. And I, again, mm-hmm. I feel free to disagree with me, you know, on this topic, but I would like to hear your opinions on that um because like i have my own and it's not that i'm like trying to shame anyone who is in that circumstance i mean i have people in my family who are in that circumstance but it's just it's like i know what you're trying to say which is like and again i i agree with you nobody i would never like you never want to shame would never think to shame someone no i love being obese or overweight yeah but I just I know, want to help I know, them. <laughs> I know what you're saying where in our society, you know, there is – there's an acceptance of like, hey, it's a – like it's the it's in a good place. It's coming from a good place of like not shaming people. Yeah, like for, accepting who they are, which I understand. But, but, I, but I know what you're saying where it's starting to sort of – it can lead to like just being like, well, it's okay to be this way. So don't do anything to change it. Yeah. And I mean, look, everybody yeah. has their their – freedom like if you are if you're fine feeling if you're fine being overweight then good but if it makes you feel shitty just physically yeah you should maybe do something about it and also there's a ton of science that goes into proving that being obese is not good for you i guess i just it, when it comes for me anyway it it, it, yeah. it starts to i start to disagree with it when it comes down to promoting it Right. Like, like health at every size yeah. you're trying to it's, lean into? Yeah, or like, and I think that it just kind of plays into what we were talking about. Like, I mean, it's so easy to get take. We've talked about it many times yeah. on the podcast, but it's so easy to get takeout food. And with everybody's busy schedules, yeah. there's nothing easier to do than to go through a drive through on your lunch mm-hmm. break that's only an hour long. And it takes you 15 minutes to go drive to the place to get lunch anyway. You know, so it's it's very easy to get caught in the trap. So once again restating that there is no shame i get it you know but it's just i start to disagree with it when it there's a know, lack of promoting healthy habits yeah and, and like and i think covid is a good example as far as like you know i think that they did a great job of saying like stay inside or trying to limit things like that but they did nothing in terms of like here's how you can stay the healthy. best way that your body can fight against a disease or a sickness is by building your immune system in its natural ways, yeah. like exercising, things that we used to not have to try to do because it was part of our daily routine. Right, right. We had to get up and 
forage for our stuff. And of course that was all right. holistic, you know, because, uh, and we were burning the calories that we were eating at the end of the day anyway. So, yeah. but I'm going to stop talking now, but I would like, <laughs> I would Sorry. like to get your opinion on this. So yeah, the statistic I heard last was 67%. So oh I don't know God. if it's increased ah. uh, hmm. or not. I know that, like I heard that a couple years ago, so it could have gone up. Um, I do try to tread very lightly when it comes to talking about obesity. I don't, like I obviously promote weight loss on my page, but I also promote intuitive eating on the same coin. And I think you can promote both to an extent. I'm not going out there and saying, you should be intuitive eating, and then the next video is me saying, lose 10 pounds in one week type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I just promote natural, healthy, sustainable ways of eating and moving your body. That's mm -hmm. like as raw as it gets with my stuff. And I, once I am a dietitian, I want to take a very holistic approach to, approach to things that's really important to me. Uh, when I was 14, my dad's cousin was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and he passed away. He actually was diagnosed with stage three and then he passed away in a year. And I just saw the way that he was fed, like in the hospitals, just what I heard. And as I'm even learning about tube feeding, like that's a really big part of being a clinical dietitian. So working in the hospital, it worries me like when I read the labels of what they're feeding people that are chronically ill, critically ill, like it's it's insane the ingredients and how processed these feeds are when this is literally all that person is getting for the day is just being tube fed these formulas. And it all goes back to like the systemic aspect of it's it and cheap. what the government is doing to promote healthy habits. They update their nutrition guidelines and everything um, pretty frequently. So I've seen some good steps in the right direction. Like we no longer look at the food pyramid. That's not oh, a thing God. anymore. Thank God. It, yeah, I didn't it know wasn't, that. I didn't it know wasn't that. true. Yeah, no, it's, it wasn't. It was like, built on like this, like cereal companies and something else, right? I'm sure it was lobbied for the way that it was structured, but that's not actually the way we eat. So it changed now to something called my plate, which is something I tell oh, my clients about. Is that yeah. where it's like this much of your plate should be vegetables, yep. this much of your plate should be protein? Mm. Yeah, and that's exactly how it should be that way. And then, of course, when you take into it, into account snacks, it's different, but. I think that we as Americans promote medications and like fixing, not necessarily fixing, but like putting a band-aid over the symptoms. Like here, you have this, so let's give you this medication for the symptoms, but then that medication comes with side effects and then those side effects turn in like exacerbate and then they need more medications. So we're just getting fed pills at, at a certain extent when you get to a certain place. I know one of my clients told me in Canada, I, I have had plenty of Canadian clients um, over the past year and a half of like starting my personal training business. And she said that in Canada, they treat depression, like they'll prescribe exercise for depression. I wow, <laughs> I love that so much. I did yeah. not know that. I think, 
there are so many holistic, natural ways to treat and prevent certain chronic illnesses. And a lot of those chronic illnesses do stem from obesity. Like that's not, we can't ignore science on that. Um, but I think there are better ways of promoting more healthy lifestyles. And I think that someone who is overweight and obese could have really healthy, sustainable habits and probably just yeah. lose weight naturally. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, slowly over time. And that's perfectly fine. They don't need to do it overnight. Mm -hmm. And so. I did just want to throw this in just because, you know, we're having this conversation I think I do. I think it's awesome that they prescribe exercise, and I and I, I will say because there's people in my life who have dealt with depression, and the only way for them to feel better was taking medication for it. Mm -hmm. So, but I think America, the United States, could adopt. You know, it's it's not that pills don't work. It's that they don't need to be the answer every time. But they make the money. But they make that's it. That's why. But that's what they so make a priority. Gonna, it's not going to change. Yeah. Right. And and so I guess all I'm trying to say is there is legitimacy to pills. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like. I don't want to say that pills don't work or you shouldn't take them, but there are other options that I wish could be. You should try other things first. I feel. I always feel like I'm someone. I'm not like anti medication or anything i'm i yeah, don't I'm know as much either. about it as I'm, you obviously and i know yeah. that's not what you're saying and i'm just trying to say like <laughs> mm -hmm. um you know i think it's cool to try to take a holistic approach mm -hmm. first and if that doesn't work mm -hmm. yeah take yeah, medication definitely but yeah. people it's just our society yes it's how fast-paced life is here. I can't speak for anywhere else in the world, though I have had clients in other areas of the world where things are just different. Like I've asked them so many questions about like, what is it like over in the UK or what's it like in Australia with the XYZ? And you do learn a lot. That's why I really want to travel one day, like really get a feel for what people are doing in other countries. Like, so yeah. in that aspect, I think we lean too much on medication sometimes when we are not looking at what the actual pillars of health are that should come first we are looking too much at work it's usually a work life balance that gets in the way people are too focused on their job and especially in the healthcare field um nurses i i've had a lot of women in the healthcare field come to me to want to lose weight and improve their health overall because they're so busy serving other people 24 7 mm -hmm. okay not 24 7 but like they have really Sometimes. long shifts yeah. they do especially with covid then it was 24 yeah, 7 yeah. truly that they don't have the opportunity or just don't prioritize their own same with mothers with a lot of children same thing happens you end up pouring into these other people whether it's patients or kids and not taking time for yourself to prioritize sleep Hydration, stress management, mm. nutrition, exercise. There's so many aspects that make up good health. When I first got into nutrition, I thought nutrition was the end all be all. If you had good nutrition, you, you were solid and that's all you needed. Mm. I didn't think like, and I thought that was holistic, but it's really not. Holistic is looking at everything that makes up health, which isn't just food. 
it's sleep, stress sleep. management, exercise, everything yeah. else that mm. comes in between that makes up your day-to-day -day life that people are just putting on the back burner. Mm. If I put all of those things on the back burner, I wouldn't even have the energy to be like creating content. Like it is such a draining job, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, it's But what isn't when, when you love it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you do a good, great job at it and you're obviously very passionate about mm -hmm. it. And I love that you made your passion your job, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really cool because I'm sure at some point it doesn't feel like you're working, even though it is very draining, you know? No, it definitely doesn't feel like a job all the time. <laughs> I'm definitely exaggerating. Like I love my clients. That's my favorite thing is having like a, a genuine call with the client and just like hearing everything they have to say, all their questions and getting to know them as a person. And that mm. just makes my heart so happy. So <laughs> I can't wait till I can do that like more full time and take on not only personal training clients, but nutrition clients as well. Maybe some people with diabetes or I might dive into um, eating disorders, those types of things. It, it really depends. I don't know where my path is going like individually with nutrition, but I know I just wanna, I wanna help people. I wanna prevent illness. Mm -hmm. That's my big thing. Cause I know how painful it is to see someone's, like a loved one's health decline over a long period of time or even a short period of time. It is so heart wrenching and I don't wish that on my worst enemy. So I mm -hmm. wanna make it so that Someday I can at least help at least one person not have to go through that with a loved one. Hmm. I mean, I know it's inevitable in certain cases, but there are things we can do now to prevent something from happening 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And I truly believe that. Well, that's... <laughs> Oh man, I love everything you've said so far. Um, and I know we need to, we need to take a break uh, here. And I just, before uh, we move on, I would love to get to know you more than when we come back from our break, how you got into everything and all that. But since we're on the topic of conversation with health and fitness, mm -hmm. can you go ahead and give your social media handles while people are listening, just in case yeah. they want to go visit you? So my TikTok is Marissa CPT. That might change once I'm a dietitian. I might change it to like Marissa rd or marissa cpt rd you, you don't know yet but my instagram is just marissa dot r known it was too much of a hassle to change it to marissa cpt after i made my TikTok, um so i just <laughs> left it um youtube is just my first name and my last name it should be pretty easy to find and yeah i do different things on different platforms which is insane so it depends <laughs> on what you like and what you want to watch because uh, everything is just a little bit different, so. Mm. Sweet, okay. sweet. Well, we'll come back right after this break. Yay. Right. Hello and welcome back. Hi. Okay, so I want to get to know you more, even though I already know you very well. Um, but I want to know, I, I mean, we met at Plato Academy. It is a charter school in oh, Pinellas so fancy. County. <laughs> <laughs> Uniforms. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess... Starting off from there, I don't know, like what led you to what you do now? And if, if you can think of like kind of a through line, otherwise. Yeah, it was primarily the cancer in the family uh, because at that point my parents started getting really into health and nutrition, which they, they had always worked out, but they really didn't pay attention to what they were eating all the time. And they kind of changed some things like 
core things. I don't know what it was. I was really still really young at the time when that happened, like just starting high school and just noticing their progression, like how good they felt, saying how much better their energy was from eating healthier, just generally higher quality. Um, And I, I don't know. It just like when I got into nutrition, I just knew. I knew that was it. I knew that was the main thing I wanted to do because before that, I wanted to be a fashion designer. That would have been like my other thing. <laughs> because I remember being in early college, which was community college and high school. And in one of our classes, it was like a career planning class uh, to make you a better adult or something. and <laughs> To set you up for the system. Yeah, pretty much. So we had to list in order what we wanted to do if we had to choose like a career path it was top three. First up for me was nutrition and then it was fashion design and then it was being a wedding planner so mm. all in all what all those three probably have in common is you can work for yourself mm. and that's a really big aspect of what I want to do as well because you'll find dietitians anywhere you find food pretty much. And people don't know that. People just think, oh, they probably just work in a hospital. No, they can do so many different things. So many things I probably still don't even know about. But Mm. ultimately, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like I have that in literally in my genetic code. I was about to say, you've been an entrepreneur since you were like 10 years old. (laughs) Yeah. Or younger? Thinking about that, probably younger. Um, (laughs) How so? I, how was the first way I made money i think i was sell silly bands no i didn't oh my gosh wow silly bands remember those things last from the past right no i think i i started playing my flute on the side of the street during craft fairs up in connecticut where i'm from uh and i would put out a bucket and people saw this tiny child with a giant flute that was too long for her arms and started just dropping money in there and I think that was my first taste of entrepreneurialism. If that's what <laughs> I feel like. What is that called? Busking? That is a yeah, that's busking. Mm. Interesting. I didn't but know. it is entrepreneurial. Yeah, and then from that point, about like age ten and eleven, I worked with my mother to she had a birthday party shop. It was called It's the Perfect Party and it would be like a boutique party store for young girls to have their friends over, make their own like DIY cupcakes, do cotton candy for them, make jewelry, like just arts and crafts and stuff like that. So I ran that with her. Granted, I probably did like at least half of the work at 10 and 11. So that like gave me really core like planning skills at such a young age. And then like throughout my entire life, Obviously, I've had traditional jobs. I needed a steady income at some point, and like everything I've done was pretty sporadic. But I've, I made a YouTube video about it. Actually, I, I made a YouTube video on like the, how many like twelve different ways I've made money by age twenty one. <laughs> what? That's a YouTube video. So what else? So you know what wow. else did you do? Um, like when, what were some of your traditional jobs? So my first ever normal job was being a hostess at the living room on Maine in Dunedin, Florida. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I worked there for about a year and 
yeah, that that was it. And then from there, it was there, a fancy place, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a lounge. It was like super nice. A deal with really high maintenance people who like would not be happy anywhere I sat them. <laughs> Were the tips all right? I didn't get tips. Oh, you didn't get tipped out. It was out. awful. Dang. Yeah, we made nine dollars an hour, and that was it. So I would do that, but I also like pretty much around the same time I started a birthday party business where I made balloon animals and did face painting at kids birthday parties because I knew like I took what I knew from working with my mom at her shop and made it mobile so like I would drive to these people's houses and like just show up with my balloon kit and my face paints and just sit down at a table and I made pretty good money doing that that's so cool you were always so busy and I know that <laughs> as of like Within the past five years, there was one point where you had three different jobs? Four. Four different jobs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was a time. It didn't last very long. It was probably about two months where I had all four. That was the hostessing. That was the birthday parties. I also worked at a horse barn just one day a week. So you can't really consider it, like, full part-time. It was probably a couple hours a week. But... I mean, it was, I was yeah, still making extra money, which was cool. Mm. And I worked at my friend's parents' acai bowl and smoothie place, Grain and Berry, for anybody who yeah. is familiar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have great <laughs> acai bowls. Yep. So mm. I did all four of those, and then I ended up quitting the hostessing job because I was making way more money working at the acai bowl place because I got tips there. Who knew? <laughs> and people tipped really well. So I picked up more shifts there. And at the same time, I was doing early college. So I was taking college courses and I was dancing three days a week at my studio. Wow. I don't know why I do these things to myself. I think it's because like I have two, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, so I grew up in that environment, like not having, not knowing really what a traditional job or a traditional career looked like. All I knew was be your own boss, <laughs> do whatever mm. you want. And that's a good... so I went with life. One thing that's pretty cool that I know about, uh, at least I think so, is that weren't you like born in Mexico or something? I was not born there. Maya, my little sister, almost was. Um, we, I think... She was born like a few months before we moved there. I was nine when we moved there. That was a whole fiasco. Okay. Yeah. Um, my parents moved there because their dream was to start a restaurant, like own their own restaurant. And they found a lady who was willing to sell hers to them. And they just wanted to live in Mexico. We would, when I was a kid, I was spoiled out of my mind. We would go to Mexico <laughs> on vacation four times a year. My mom actually got in trouble for taking me out of school too much during the school year. Like she got a like, <laughs> citation or something from the school saying, hey, she needs to be in class. Wow. Um, and then that was like probably age five to nine. That was my life. Like I knew in Mexico and being at resorts more than I knew just being a regular kid and like going to school, which is a little bit of an exaggeration. But anyway, yeah, it was, <laughs> then we ended up moving there. My parents got scammed. Uh lost all their money and we moved back to the States and mm. moved in with my grandmother in her one bedroom apartment and stayed there for a really long time. Ooh, that must have been a tough transition. Very. It was very weird. Mm. Just going wow. from Mexico like to her apartment and like not being able to do anything. Wow. Wow. Oh, but this this is a good segue to what happened just after we got back. Just after we got 
um, back from Mexico, I was in the car. I still remember listening to the radio and I heard that Aerosmith, which was like my favorite band. Like I, I played Guitar Hero starting at age six. Oh, yeah, you're a Guitar Hero god. I, you went to like a competition, didn't you? That's exactly what I'm getting at. Really? That is exactly what I'm getting at. I heard that they were having a Guitar Hero competition because they just released Guitar Hero Aerosmith. So it was pretty much strictly Aerosmith songs. And I was like, Dad, we have to go to the store. We have to get, go to GameStop. We have to get this immediately. I need to do this. I explained it like I was nine years old, keep in mind nine and I went up to him and I told him all this he's like cool let's do it so I got it at that time I was already playing at expert which I think like I was tiny I was this little skinny girl playing guitar hero and we had all of our friends and family vote like it was a voting system so a bunch of people submitted and then I ended up getting the most votes of course because like who doesn't want to see a little nine-year-old play guitar hero on expert <laughs> level on stage so I'm talking like it's so weird talking about this now because it feels like I'm talking about a completely different person but it was insane I got two free backstage passes to meet Steven Tyler, the lead singer, wow. and Joe Perry, the main guitarist. Whoa. And I got to play Guitar Hero on stage <laughs> with the, like, state champion, I guess. Like, he, there was a championship, and, like, I guess this dude won it. <laughs> and I got to play as their opening act for their their show at Mohegan Like Sun. Aerosmith? Yes, I was the opening act for Aerosmith. Oh, my God, at dude. Nine. That is so cool. So Wild. how many people were watching you? Like thousands? Yeah, probably a couple thousand. It was the like pre. It was like <laughs> that's the, so cool. It was the opener to the opener. So actually, okay. ZZ Top was after me. I bet there's a video of this somewhere. <laughs> there is. It's on YouTube. I have a link. I'm not gonna watch it right now, but you keep going. Keep going. I I'll will, find it. Guys, you have so much stuff to watch. No, about you will Marissa. not be able to find it. You will not be able to find it. I'm telling you right now, because years later I tried to find it, and it took me a really long time. So I think I have the link saved. I don't somewhere. just look up like Aerosmith. You'd have to look up Aerosmith, like, Mohegan Sun 2009 opening act. Like, something really, like, long, I feel like. Because I don't think it's going to come up. <laughs> it was so long ago. That's crazy. But I will show it to you. You could link it in, like, the, the notes of this podcast yeah. if you want to. <laughs> I'm sure people will get a kick out of it. Well, keep going. We don't have to talk but, about yeah. this. Well, that's so. I would love. I would love to talk about, um, unless you would like to not. But okay. talk about that financial transition from being a little bit spoiled to all of a sudden being into a very. You said it was a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. that I know that that was probably a pretty stark transition, as he said. And so I didn't know if maybe you learned anything from that experience or anything that you took away with your uh, with you on your later years. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely taught me just what reality is like at a very early age and just being there with my infant sister at the time. Just, I didn't, it did not bother me. I was, I never looked at it like, oh my gosh, we had all this money and we were doing all these things and now we're poor. Like I, money wasn't really a huge concept to me at that age. I I still have really fond memories of being there and spending extra time with my grandma. Our nanny actually came up 
two for a period of time that we had in Mexico. So we actually had a nanny there with us, which was crazy. Uh, and <laughs> I still, I all I remember being there is just playing more Guitar Hero. So I was happy <laughs> either way. But <laughs> looking back at it, I now see how severe the situation was, even though I didn't know it at the time. Mm. And I know that with any entrepreneurial venture, there comes risk. So I know, mm. I really know now how to be financially smart because at many, many times my parents were not. Honestly, I think they would have been in a very different place today if they had done some different things correctly with their financial situation. Um, but like just exorbitant spending on unnecessary things a lot of the time. That's why like I feel stingy. Like I <laughs> I feel like I can't spend my own money sometimes, which is weird. I, I have that barrier or like where I'll feel guilty if I'm about to spend money on myself. And I think that stems from knowing how they went through life and with their financial situation, even them having a lot of money at a time. Um, not saying that they shouldn't have invested in this restaurant. Um, I think it was just a bad circumstance and a bad person leading them down the wrong path. But mm. I have learned a lot about like how to take care of my money, how to invest my money. My parents didn't invest. Mm -hmm. I never got a college fund. I paid mm. for my college completely outright. I made sure that I got the Bright Future Scholarship. I took the SAT four times to make sure that I got the 100% tuition. Thank goodness that wow. that Florida has this opportunity. So I was able to go. Yeah. I got everything paid for, 100% for three years. I still have extra left over, I think. I got like stipends every once in a while that come through my bank account. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That... The point is, like, I didn't get there so easily because they didn't plan ahead. So I never really got that, like, oh, here you go. My dad never went to college. My mom didn't finish college. They didn't help me with applications. They, I had to literally sit them down for FAFSA and explain to them how to fill it out. So, like, I've done so much by myself at this point wow. that, like, I am really proud of how far I've come with just being a hard worker, but I'm also glad at the same time that my parents did instill that hardworking aspect in me so that I didn't grow up, feel like everything was handed to me and then be worse off in the end. Because mm. I feel like a lot of kids go through that to where their parents, like if they're um, brought up wealthy, can just be like, here you go, here's this, here's that, here's a brand new car at 16. Not saying that that's gonna automatically make you bad at, <laughs> like managing money in the future of course not but i never got that even though i did experience like a taste of what wealth was like at a very young age mm. after that i did everything on my own like my i got my grandfather's beat up 2003 dodge neon as my first car oh, yeah. and so many car trouble troubles along the way that it's absolutely insane um so i'm just like i don't know being a hard worker like that that was a very pivotal time and a pivotal age to discover that. Mm. Um, Pretty young, too. Very young. Yeah, you've been advocating for yourself for more than half your life. Yeah, I would say so. And I'm pretty, I don't want to like 
come off like I'm tooting my own horn or like. Well, I mean, no, you should be being honestly, narcissistic. And you know, Caleb's known you for a long time. I didn't know any of this, and like I mean it. Like, you are an incredible human being. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you really like, are, man. It's for real. Like, I'm not even just saying that. It's like, I mean, I never went through anything like that, and obviously, not discounting anybody's experience but like you 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 went through a hard time that's why i get so defensive because i really try not to let social media comments get to me but i hear like i sometimes i get comments like well it was easy for you because i'll talk about time management a lot like i have a couple youtube videos where i distinctly talk about time management and what you can do to manage your time better or how I did X, Y, and Z, how I accomplished X, Y, Z to serve as like inspiration to people. But sometimes it can come off as me bragging or Mm. gloating about something. And I get like, oh, well, it was easy for you Um, or Mm. you're privileged or something like that. And I get, (laughs) I, I do have privilege. I mean, that that's undeniable, but it kind of, makes me feel like people don't understand like what I've done to get to this point mm-hmm. and I from an outsider's perspective I can 100% understand why someone would think that I was handed this mm-hmm. it doesn't look like I worked very hard for it or like wherever I am in life right now because like, how can you tell you I mean, can't because you spend as you were talking about building uh, a business through the internet you're literally crafting a narrative on that social media page or whatever because it's focused toward fitness or whatever you're trying to Mm -hmm. achieve so they're not necessarily getting who you actually are you know i mean we have it in the mission statement of the podcast people are more than words and pictures on a screen or whatever you know so it's just like it's nice to hear you talk about that because you run a large part of your business through social media and you have to deal with that on a day-to-day basis yeah but i am so glad that i was raised with that entrepreneurial mindset too I do think that made it a lot easier for me. So Mm. I grew up kind of with the tools and resources. I just needed the work ethic. Like Mm. that, I did have an advantage in that sense, but it took just as much hard work and dedication Mm. as it would for anybody. So I get, I do get defensive. Like some comments just get to me and those are definitely the ones that get to me, like people assuming that I didn't work hard. Mm. Because I have a lot to prove. I always feel like I have a lot to prove to people. Mm. But yeah. that's just, you know, that's it's, life. I mean, that's on them. I mean, they're looking at you and making an assumption. Yeah. And, and it's very easy not, to do it's that. It's easy to do that. For yeah. Sure. I understand. But, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of like, just don't assume. Yeah. And don't, it's hard to do, do that. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like you shouldn't assume someone's intelligence based off their hair color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who's just listening right now, Marissa's got a nice, what do you call it, purple pink? Yeah, it's a mix between the two. <laughs> it looks good. I like it. And you've, you had blue hair at one point. That's a whole nother story. Oh, man. <laughs> we could talk for hours just about the craze. My life is insane. My entire life has been a freaking roller coaster. Well, apparently, yeah. We've Everything. only talked about your life for like... Pfft, 15 minutes. <laughs> it's crazy. We might need to do another episode <laughs> to get to everything. Um, but yeah, I started hair modeling um, in <laughs> January. Oh, you You've done everything. <laughs> everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this happened in January of 2020. 
Um, I haven't done any shows prior or like since then because of COVID. They all got canceled for the remainder of the year and into 2021. But my friend, who just so happened to also be my old dance teacher, uh, we've been working on something together for a while. And she recommended that I uh, do this hair show. I was like, hair modeling? People do that? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you have good hair. And at that point, I had bl brown hair with just like some blonde highlights. And mm. she was like, go to this casting and see what happens. It was in Orlando. I drove from Gainesville to Orlando for a 20-minute casting thing. And then... Like a casting call? Yeah. Like, okay. I got there. I don't even know the just terminology. Like a, well, just That's like a general, I, like, you. Ha were there a lot of other people yeah, who looked like, like you there? filtering through, yeah. Okay. And just, yeah. like, walking down a fake runway, going back. I've mm. never done anything like this. Like, I'm, I never did paid modeling or anything. Like, people have taken pictures of me, like, for my fitness accounts and everything like that. But I've never done a runway show in front of an audience, which I was like, okay, I'm just gonna show up and see what happens. I drove there, I was there for max 20 minutes and then drove right back to Gainesville. I was like, mm. I better have landed this for driving all that way. And the show ended up being in Orlando. It was super last minute, super tight deadline. So the casting happened and then two weeks later was the show. I got a call back the next day from the main girl who was, um, picking models and she said we want to put you with the main artist from LA his name is Ricky Zito I apparently he's like huge in the hair artistry realm this guy like colors and does like beautiful vibrant vivids for a career in LA and he was coming to this show and she wanted me to be his model I was like okay what the <laughs> what the heck is going on? She's because at the the casting they ask you what are you comfortable with doing to your hair, and wow, you want to do crazy stuff. You're going all out. So mm. I was like, okay, so like color. She's like, yeah. Would you be okay with like cut, like shaving? Um, please don't, please don't cut the length of my hair. And I knew that they probably weren't because they didn't have a lot of long hair models. And I did have long hair. I still do. So mm. I knew they probably weren't going to cut it, but they were definitely going to do color. I wasn't walking away with brown hair. I knew that going <laughs> into it. Okay. So I got there. It was a four day long event, beautiful hotel, amazing food, free food. It was so great. The only crappy part was like the long hours like you're sitting in a chair the en entire day oh boohoo like i mean it was great i can't yeah. really say like it was a bad experience uh, other than like waking up at 4 35 in the morning at, just to like sit and wait until 10 for them to actually start on your hair but that's mm -hmm. normal like i knew that walking into it because my friend had like described it in good detail because she had done, done a lot of the shows in the past so i knew what i was walking into sat down and this guy, Ricky, comes up to me. He's, like, looking at my hair, feeling it out. And he was, like, what do you not want to do? Like, he was actually open to my opinions. And I'm, like, I really don't want to go red or orange. Like, I don't think that would look good on me. And he's, like, how do you feel about blue? And blue's my favorite color. <laughs> so I was very happy about him saying that. Like, yeah, I love blue. Let's, like, please. He said, I'm going to make you a mermaid. <laughs> so... <laughs> 10 hours later, I wound up with blue, green, yellow, and pink in my hair. Crazy. I still have pictures. 
The pictures are somewhere on my Instagram. I'm sure you can find them if you scroll down far enough to January. Arissa.Arnone. <laughs> and. Arnone. Arnone. Yes. Yeah. You'll see how it's spelled in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my life was completely changed at that point because that was also the same month I started my TikTok. And I feel like I say TikTok weird. TikTok. TikTok. So you like TikTok? <laughs> like that New York like area comes out. Um, so at that point I started making videos on there. The first like five videos I made, I had brown hair and then I did the gig and then I came back and my first viral video, of course, was about my hair because people were like, what they the heck did hair. you do to it? Mm. So then I gained a following pretty quickly and I knew like there's so many white girls with brown hair on the internet. I need to figure out a way to stand out. <laughs> like there's a, okay. like. There's a lot of girls on the internet. There's also a lot of fitness people on the internet. So mm. very saturated. So I'm like, how the heck am I going to make a name for myself and stand out in this sea of people who are already super successful? Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep the blue hair and I'm just going to run with it. And mm -hmm. then we'll maintain it. I don't know how, but we will. And a year and a half, almost two years. Has it, has it almost been two years? No. A year? What? January. We're going into 2022. Yeah. yeah. Almost, Almost two years. Two years I've had colored hair. And I don't know if I'm ever going to go back. I love it. It's great. It's like part of my personality now. I feel like <laughs> it fits me very well. It does, yeah. yeah. So that's the story of the hair. I'm excited you brought that up because it's so <laughs> crazy even talking about it now. <laughs> it's You've done so many things you just like yeah. and i don't feel like you're gonna stop anytime soon no so and i you're hope only you 20... don't oh my god dude <laughs> you've lived like more life than me <laughs> at least i mean i have my own experiences that are great but yeah you've just done a lot of stuff yeah so i just yeah. i look i'm gonna look like this in the video now <laughs> um um i'm just really i mean we've talked about like how you got into nutrition. We've talked about like the nitty gritty of nutrition. We've talked about all of that wonderful stuff. But I know that you are a person, as we've talked about, you do many things, but you do things outside of nutrition. So what do you find yourself doing in your downtime when you're not working, when you're not making posts or creating content or whatever you want to call it or working out? Mm. Oh man, that's going to be tough to figure out. Mm. I joined a dance team. I've always been a dancer. I really enjoy dancing, but I can't bring myself to do it on my own, by myself, in my room. It just doesn't happen. I need people, I need that sense of community when I'm dancing, so anytime there's a group and I can get involved in it, that's what I do. Like, that's my outlet. Also, weight training, like, that's really good for my mental health. It just clears my head. Um, even if I'm filming my workout that day, still clears my head. Um, I hang out with my wonderful boyfriend because he kind of helps me chill out. Because I, before I met him, like, I didn't know what chill was. <laughs> I was going 24-7 until I burnt out. And I would have severe periods of burnout after just going, going, going constantly that I finally now found so much balance. Like, I can watch Netflix. I used to think, like, it was bad to sit down and watch Netflix. Like, be, not being productive 24-7 was a bad thing. Mm. 
and then I burn out and then I'm not productive for weeks because like I am physically like I don't want to do anything I have zero mm-hmm. motivation um so I just like I've been playing Candy Crush, not going to lie. <laughs> I like got hooked on it when I was on an airplane in August. Like that's the one thing like I'll just find games on my phone that I haven't touched in forever if I'm traveling. Do you have any games on your phone? Right. <laughs> so I started playing Candy Crush and I literally haven't stopped. It's I was about to say it's so bad, but it's not cuz I still get my stuff done. It's not like I'm sitting there for hours and hours on end. But I just, I need to figure out some ways to turn my brain off. Also, sleeping. I I love love sleeping. sleeping. Sleeping is the best. (laughs) That's how I really, I truly, my brain does not shut off until I'm completely asleep. Like, I'll talk to Joe, my boyfriend, and like, I'll ask him every once in a while, like, what are you thinking about? He's like nothing (laughs) and i'm like no like really what are you thinking about he's like i sometimes i just don't think like what and i'm like excuse me we love joe (laughs) who who doesn't think 24 7 joe is zen he's zen he He is is. so that is that is the embodiment of zen (laughs) that's literally what it is not thinking I don't know how he does it, but it's... He's probably so happy. He is. He's Mm. just the most chill person. Like, I needed somebody in my life so badly to (laughs) chill me out because my family is just as high-strung and outgoing and crazy as I am. So I literally don't get any, like, sense of relaxation Mm. unless I'm with him. So that has helped me so much, even during... COVID, like I was still working pretty hard, but like that also, as horrible as it was, I think it did help a lot of people slow down. Slow down because I think, especially mm. in America, we needed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, we didn't need yeah. the pandemic part, but we no, needed the slowing. We did need the slowing down. Yeah. Didn't need the uh, I, horrible, yeah. horrible. Yeah. But at least, at the very least, something good came out of it. Like I think there is a a positive in a lot of negatives like for example with my my dad's cousin um passing away from cancer that was so horrible for so many people but i don't think i would have been i wouldn't be in this position right now if that hadn't happened and Mm. i know i can help i can touch so many lives now after that incident and so i do think like we can find positives in a lot of really yeah. awful situations. And I think you should. I think it's mm. healthy to do that. I mm-hmm. think we've had such a hard two years here almost. Um, and, you know, I mean, listen, I was a weirdo when COVID happened because I was telling people like, this is terrible, but isn't it kind of amazing that we're living through this right now? Like, like it, was, it wasn't me being like, I'm so glad this is happening. But it was me being like, man, we're living through a historical moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is a, kind of amazing that, yeah. that we are living through this. The 2020 global pandemic. Yeah. And, like, yeah. that's just going to be – it's, like, people who lived through World War II and, mm-hmm. and just, like, saw stuff like that happen. Um, yeah. But I think that – so far – I mean, this whole podcast, you've just been – your whole thing is just being positive. In the most – in something that I think most people would call rock bottom – getting scammed and then having to move into a one-bedroom apartment Mm -hmm. with a lot of people and like you still are that could like break 
a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And from what it sounds like, it seems like your family is also just very positive as well. I don't know how that affected everything because I don't know your life and we don't have to go into that. But what I mean is you yourself, at least, I try, radiate I a really positive energy. And I realize, you know, everybody gets down and internally can feel sad. But mm-hmm. I think it's a huge thing. It's like even if you are someone who feels negative, if you're, it's you know, not denying those feelings, but if you're out in the world spreading positivity despite how you're feeling sometimes Mm. you know that shows who you are more than like what you're feeling you know what i'm trying Mm. to say yeah and Mm. and from everything i've heard from like you have gone through some hurdles and you've had like crazy schedules and the whole time and i'm sure in the middle of those maybe there were moments of like stress and oh man i'm the most stressed out person you'll ever meet to be honest (laughs) Like, I I need positivity. I need that mindset or else I will fall apart. And, but you're so positive and it's so cool. It's cool. It's funny because I was like, what do you do in your downtime? And the first things you said was I weight lift and I dance. Oh, yeah, and I guess I watch Netflix too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what like I was like kind of referencing, but it was so funny because like the things that you do in your downtime are still very active, you know. Yeah, that's and it's, true. And I'm sure that, as Ted said, hitting that quote-unquote what a lot of people would call rock bottom. Um, By the way, I didn't th- mean that in like a... No. I, mean, I don't think no. you took it that way. I just no. want to make sure. Um, I, and I think that that goes... I think that that's the case for, unfortunately, a lot of people in yeah. the United States. Yeah, there's people um, who go through that, like they're just born into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that they'll probably give you empathy, too. So you understand how bad things can yeah. get sometimes. And that probably... I mean, I don't want to assume here, as we've talked about, <laughs> but I, I'm going to assume that that encourages you to help people even more. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know, like, the term empath until maybe a couple years ago, and then I realized, like... That's what you are. I am one, because it really hit me. I cry a lot, okay? I Yeah. I need... That is my way of relieving stress. Like, ultimately, if too many things build up, some people, when they get stressed, they get angry. Some mm. people, when they get stressed, they get sad. Some people, when they get angry, they punch walls. Yeah. I just cry my eyes out. And it's totally different depending on the person. But that is also a big part of, like, I need to do that sometimes to just decompress and move on. Mm. And I had an instance this summer where a lot was going on. A lot was happening with my family, like, having a really bad family situation. And then my friend called me and told me about her awful situation then I had another person tell me something bad that day like that was close to me and that night I cried for two hours and I was like why am I still crying like I was sobbing and it wasn't even for me nothing had happened bad to me that day that was worth crying over Mm. I just felt I felt this insane weight of the emotion from the entire day of what people had said. And I was just crying for those people. And then I was like, well, what do I do about this now? Yeah. Because I, that's why I've noticed lots of people will like tell, like feel comfortable opening up to me a lot of the time. And I really appreciate it. But at the same time, I take that burden from those people like it's my own whether or not it's intentional it's usually not intentional and it just Mm. it happens and that's something i've noticed about myself just like 
Because I didn't know anything about myself, I feel like, when I was 19, 20. And still just in a year's time, I've learned so much about who I am as a person. And I think that's a really big part of it is just mm. being empathetic. I really, like, I can break down for someone else. Like, if someone someone could be crying over their loved one passing away that I don't even know, and mm. I'll cry with them. Oh, I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah. it's crazy. No, I mean, it's, yeah. So I'm sure helping someone as a personal trainer, you like, you really start to take that stuff home with you sometimes maybe, you know, if like, if they really yeah. are having a rough time with their health, you know? Yeah. Hmm. That's the big, big part. <clears throat> That's the core of it all is I don't want anybody to have to watch their loved one, their health slowly decline over a long period of time. It's like every day, it doesn't get easier. Like whether it's a progression of disease for two months, two years, or 20 years. Just from that point that you realize that that person is having that issue, then it's just a constant state of worry, state of stress. And I, it pains me that people have to go through that. Mm. I'm so thankful for my family that's still around. Like my grandmother's 87 years old. Wow. Still walking around, doesn't need a walker. She actually fractured her shoulder recently and that made me really sad, but she's better now. Okay. Like she healed. <laughs> she's walking around like no wow. sign of neurodegenerative <laughs> disease yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. like awesome. that. She's like Betty White, like a Betty White person. Yeah, like so <laughs> like talks back is super sassy and it just makes me so happy. I just wish she'd stop driving. That's the one Ooh, thing. Yeah. I wish she would get off the freaking road because that freaks me out. The road's scary. Uh, yeah. 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 But all in all, she's doing <laughs> it's really scary. well. And I just, I wish everybody could see their elders like age yeah. gracefully yeah. and happily and still be vibrant at 80, even 90 years old. I think Alzheimer's, um, dementia, those things are some of the hardest to deal with. I haven't dealt with it mm. personally, but just seeing the decline with those types of illnesses, and I know there are things you can do nutrition-wise to prevent them. Mm. So. And I know Alzheimer's is, it's a big thing in the United States, mm -hmm. for sure. It's a big, big thing. Um, but on that note, seeing as, you know, we kind of like, you know, it's, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that can go wrong in someone's, quote-unquote, wrong in someone's mm -hmm. life. You know, eventually it might lead to some great opportunity. But in the moment, you know, it's definitely things aren't looking good. Let's say someone hit... Or, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to hit rock bottom, let's yeah. say. But I, this has been a very hopeful conversation. We've talked for about an hour and 20 minutes so far. And I, but I would like to kind of specifically pinpoint something that brings you hope in the world. I mean, and it could be exactly what you've been talking about this whole time, you know, like going and working out or helping people and everything like that. But if there's something else besides that that brings you hope in the world, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, ultimately, Literally everything we've talked about today stems back to my faith. I, mm. I was saved at a really young age um, in sixth grade, uh, but it stuck with me. And I know it hasn't, like, I always feel like kind of nervous to talk about my faith online too, because mm. I feel like people, I don't want people to be like, oh my God, I didn't know she was Christian because I don't portray it, mm -hmm. which worries me. Like I do want to portray that side of me. Um, because that is, that is the true root of how my life has progressed, um, leaning on that faith because mm. I know however bad it gets, that's only up from there. I've had 
horrible, horrible instances that I haven't even talked about on the podcast, but like getting to that point, you just feel like nothing is going right and it won't. I just, I look to that and I pray. I pray every single night. I've been praying every single night since I was like eight. I don't wow. know, like really young. My dad got me into the habit and then it stuck with me. Like I, I really pride consistency. Like I, <laughs> when I was in high school, I told myself for my new year's resolution, new year's resolution, people don't stick to mm-hmm. most of the time. My New Year's resolution was to read the entire Bible cover to cover, and I did it. Wow. Granted, I don't, I didn't retain any of it because. But you did it. I, it was like King James version, and I didn't understand anything yeah. I was reading, pretty much. Mm. But I did it, and just to prove to myself that I could do something like that and stick with it for a whole year, mm. and yeah, ultimately, I, I need to know that everything happens for a reason. That's my, that's mm. what I hold near and dear to my heart is. Everything happens for a reason. As crazy as it may sound in some circumstances, as far as my life has gone, I will literally have something horrible happen. And then maybe a week later or a couple years later, something else will happen that will relate back to it. And I can think, oh my gosh, that's why that happened. Mm -hmm. That is why. Even though sometimes you will never know why that thing happened. But sometimes you do. And it's like this crazy aha moment that connects me more. (laughs) Well, and I think, yeah. you know, there's, I think I have to ask, I'm going to ask you the next question here, but I just want to comment on what you said, which is like, I, you're, you have like, it's not the same exact way that I would say it, but it's like, everything happens for a reason. And it's like, there's no other way that it could have, like, yeah. you just have, like, that's just how it happened. Yeah. And like full on acceptance of those events is like, is like very positive i think and mm. it sort of seems like mm-hmm. you know you're in that vein you, you know everything happens for a reason and it's and i guess yeah like that's how it goes that's i'm so happy you go. found your faith and you stuck with yeah. it and it's it's really proven to be something that's very good in your life and it's led you to help other people yeah you know yes. i mean that's that's the most beautiful part about faith you know that's in, right. in my opinion because when i was like really going to chor- church really heavily um, back in middle school, high school, like when we were at a Baptist church, it was really pushed on us to be like witnesses and really go out and like lead people to God in that like really close knit way. And I never, I don't know, I never felt called to be one of those people, but I knew my faith was strong and it made me feel guilty. Like, my friend doesn't believe what I believe, so I need to get, like, convince her to believe in this. Mm. And over time, I realized that that's not the case. And I can, <laughs> like, still be a positive light in someone's life without necessarily leading them exactly to God and, like, being like, this is the path you have to be on. Yeah. Mm. Even just impacting someone's health, I think, is so important. And it can give them a really strong sense of of hope whether or not that relates to God specifically, but hope in general. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I do want to give people that sense of hope because that's why I lean on Well, it. you kind of answered it just then, I think. But um, the next question, as I'm sure you know because you've listened, is uh, what yep. is something that you do actively? seems like there's a lot of things you do. Yeah. <laughs> and you've basically answered it with this entire episode. But just in a nice little neat wrap-up, what's something that you do consistently because that's your thing? To bring hope to the world. Help people in whatever way I can. 
Mm. That's it. That's as simple as it gets. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's like hope is like radiating out of you. It's like you're blinding me. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on today. I mean, like you have shed light on so many topics that I have really, really been wanting to talk in depth about. And I'm really I really appreciate how articulate you are and how willing you are to talk about sometimes uneasy subjects and topics that can make people feel uncomfortable, you know? And so I appreciate your willingness to do that. And I appreciate your innate desire to help and bring hope because, I mean, as you know, that's what we're trying to do, you know? Can I plug some people, like like influences, like other than my family that I think can help yeah, people. please. Okay. The two, there's two women that really like their overall message and content, whatever they put out just really helps me. Like I've been watching these girls for years, like through all throughout high school. The first one is Tori Kelly. I freaking love that girl. She's the most amazing female singer, in my opinion. Mm. Her message, all of her songs are positive. All of her, well as positive as they can be of course she talks about like even like really hard subjects to talk about in her music and a lot of her stuff really resonates with me and so like whenever i'm feeling down her music really helps and then also megan batoon um she is a youtuber i found her on youtube originally but she has a podcast as well called just a tip where she talks about like life advice in general Mm. and Like, out of anybody in the world, I think I'm the most similar to her. And she's been a huge influence, like, throughout my just life in general. Just, like, Mm. everything. And those two girls, like, have have helped me a lot. Even though I've never met them, I think they're helpful for a lot of people. So there's my plug to to that. (laughs) You heard it here first, guys. Check them out. (laughs) Check out all of Marissa's stuff. Before we go, last thing, just... Read off your social media stuff one more time so people can find you. We'll also put it in the notes of the episode so that you guys can check yes. her out if you're interested. So my YouTube is Marissa Arnone. My last name is A-R-N-O-N-E. My Instagram is Marissa.Arnone. And my TikTok is Marissa C-P-T for Certified Personal Trainer. Okay, Boom. sweet. <laughs> well, for everyone listening, hopefully you found some hope today. Thanks for listening to The Only Constant. We hope today's episode made you feel a little more hopeful or changed your perspective in some way. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Only Constant Podcast or check us out at OnlyConstantPodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating or review for the show helps us immensely. And we'd appreciate the feedback. None of this would be possible without you, the listener. Thanks for all your support, and we'll see you next time. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening.